That's yeah. when they introduced the kill all the homosexuals bill into the parliament. But uh, being a homosexual would lead to a death penalty or life imprisonment. Hi, welcome to Norwegian Newcomers, the podcast where we hear fragments from the lives of Norway's immigrant population. My name is Vedran Atanovic, and today's story starts 11,000 kilometers away from Norway, where our guest was not able to live as his true self. No one knew about me liking any other person. We will hear about how activism can truly change a person's life. If you cry about it, you do your own thing behind the closed doors, it's fine until something happens. This is Moses' story. Uh, tell us something about yourself that we should know from the beginning. I am Moses Kalsum Taewa. I'm 32 years old. I'm studying at the university right now, studying psychology. A father, married, unemployed at the moment because of COVID. And I've been in Norway for four years. I thought there were five, but it's four years. Moses, where are you from? I come from a very small country in East Africa, Uganda. Uganda is a very, very, very beautiful country. That's why they call it the Pearl of Africa. It has this also the Nile, the second biggest fresh lake water in the whole world. Mountain of hills and valleys, so it's never straight, it's and evergreen. The temperature is summer throughout. So yeah, so you're only missing the sea and the beaches to make it Caribbean. So it's Caribbean throughout without the seas and the waters. So it's almost Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> From which part of Uganda you're coming? I come from the southwest, which we call the west, at the border of Rwanda and Uganda, because my mom is Rwandese and my dad is Uganda. What is your, what's the name of your uh, mother language? Okay, my mother language, official language is English, national language is Luganda, my mother language would be Luchiga, which I don't speak so perfectly. But but you can understand and uh, you can I do, but uh, because of the national language, it's yeah. spoken more than the other languages. So my life was pretty much normal because I didn't have things to think about, like big things. Because even coming to Norway, I never ever thought about it. You didn't think about uh, I never ever ever thought about a country called Norway. <laughs> My life was education, church, education, church, education, church. My grades, my relationship with God. So Sunday in church, Monday to Friday, school. My hobbies, social life was church, entertainment, church, everything, church. But <laughs> church. I had no kind of social life. People do, but I didn't have that because I grew up in church. What kind of church? Uh, people here in Europe, what they call a uh, Baptist churches. I did really, really love it, and I miss it now because that's all I knew. Uh-huh. I would go to church not for not for prayers, but to meet my friends. Do you have still contact with your friends? Like one and a half of the friends, mm-hmm. because then I got to see life outside church. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you came to Norway from Uganda. Yes. One evening I was in Uganda. The next morning I was in Norway. 
all because of lust. In 2011, I started dating someone and we were together for close to three years and told me that he was leaving the country. Like, okay, fine, bye-bye, you can go. But I knew he would come back to visit because for me, my life was in Uganda. I had never thought of leaving. We decided for him to move because uh, he was an LGBT activist. So it was him who was at risk that he had to travel and come to know when my boyfriend came. That's when they introduced the kill all the homosexuals into the parliament. Uh, Being a homosexual would lead to a death penalty or life imprisonment. So that's when he left. But then for for a person like me who was in church, who was in a closet, I was safe because no one knew about me liking any other person. So if you're a person like Okay, this is the first time I'm saying that I'm gay out loud. If you are quiet about it, you do your own thing behind the closed doors, it's fine until something happens. Maybe you hold hands with someone. But then time came and he told me, I think you need to move here for your safety. So I had to look for a country called Norway in to see where it is and learn about it. Mm-hmm. But still, I didn't believe it that I would at one point come. So I put in the papers, but I never thought that I would come. Uh, when he went into the reception center, you fill out the documents and there is a part where you have a spouse or girlfriend, wife, something. He put my name. He did, and he told me, but I didn't believe him because it's something never done. People don't do it. Because we're, the back of our heads, we're thinking security. <laughs> yeah. I can't put a guy's name there. I'll put some random name, but it's a girl. I never, ever believed that someone would put my name on the paper because I'll... I loved him, but I could not put his name on my paper. I, I don't know how to describe it. Because it's something that I I could never do. Right now I can, but 10 months ago I could not. I don't know where he got, I don't know where he got that much kindness, like God the Father in heaven, to put my name. Like, like how much love did you have to... <laughs> Risk your life for mine. <laughs> I don't know how to to describe it. But he did. And then uh, after one year, the Norwegian embassy in my country called me to take uh, my documents. So I went and gave them in. It took almost two years for me to move here. I was just doing things because... Actually, I was doing things for my boyfriend because he tells me to do this and then I do the thing. But I know it's not not going to amount to anything. It's a guy and a guy. And I thought, also in the Norwegian embassy, in there, there are Ugandans who are working in there. So if it's a guy inviting me as his boyfriend, then why are you wasting my time? (laughs) But afterwards, it went through. I was 
excited and nervous at the same time. What? Because now I had spent three years without my partner. So would just call once in a while because calling Africa is very expensive. So the communication was not so much, but we, all we knew was the love we had before he left. Then finally, can you recall the moment when you actually, when you were aware that it's happening, that you will move? I think it was March 2016. They told me to take my passport to the embassy and I didn't take it because I didn't believe it. Then after they called me again to take my passport, I did take it. But I never thought about, uh, do I need a, a ticket? I had nothing, nothing planned. I don't remember how long the period was, but I, I had to move very okay. fast. And what, what did you do? Nothing. <laughs> I told my boyfriend. <laughs> I then went on with my own business, looking for a better job in my country, because now I had graduated from university. And then he told me, because he didn't have money, because he was in the asylum for so long, he had just gotten his place to stay. And then I had to move. He had no money. He had no job. He had introductions program. And I was back home not thinking about it. I just knew I loved him, but he can come back and visit. <laughs> not me moving, not getting into trouble. And then he bought me the air ticket. He gave me the air ticket and I told him I don't have a suitcase to put my things in. <laughs> so yeah, finally I came, but very nervous. All I could remember were tears when he left. Because when he left, I suddenly felt empty. So now I'm thinking, am I going to cry? Am I going to smile? Am I going to laugh? So I met him at the airport and I had no reaction. He had flowers. I saw, I didn't see them as flowers to value them. Okay, I'm starving. Am I going to eat them? Where's food? <laughs> Disappointment <laughs> at the airport. And I didn't want him to be so close to me. <laughs> I thought like maybe someone knows that we've been talking on the phone as giving him distance. We don't pay so much attention to people's feelings or emotions in Africa. So I didn't say that he was, didn't know what to do with me. It, because he says, I didn't know if I should hug him. Yeah. And I had a plan to propose to him at the airport and someone told me not to. <laughs> so he, was, he didn't know what to do with me. He didn't know. Because I was also, yeah. I could not smile. I could not cry. I, nothing. So my confusion confused him. His excitement he came with, we went back with it. But uh, did you tell anyone, oh, I'm going to Norway? The last two weeks, I knew I was living for a long time. But the only close relationship I had back then, it's my cousin that I was staying with for those three years after my boyfriend left, and my sister. So there was nothing so much to explain apart from I'm living. The good thing with my cousin brother that I was living with, he is gay. So the, we could understand. But still, I didn't tell him that I was going to my boyfriend. I said I was going for work because you yeah. have to hide it. So you even hide it from people that know that you are gay. <laughs> and when you lie so much about yourself, you become that lie. You believe the lie that you've told for so long. 
even when you get space to be you, you can't be you. Because me, I moved here. I got married. I got separated. But, and I didn't know that the problem was me because I carried all my lying into the relationship here. So my boyfriend, who became my fiance, who became my husband, who waited and waited and waited and he gave up on me. For how long you were separated? I was separated for like six months and then he went great. That means he loved me so much. <laughs> In this uh, separation, I got to see the real life because I was living in, in Eidsvold. So I had no friend. My friend was my husband and my people back home. So I was living my church life, hating all the homosexual people and people who look like gay people who try to look like them and stay away from them and condemn them. But when I get into the house, then I'm more gay than them. So it confused him. He didn't know if I was gay or not, if I loved him, even when I told him, he stopped believing it. Because for him, he, he moved on so fast because he was a human rights activist. But me, two years I was with him. But when people ask me, who is this? I say, that's my brother. Even people who knew that I was and that he was my husband. For me, I would say that the fact of time happened. So people would look at our separation notice as something very bad, but I look at mine in a different, on a different side. When I got this separation, I had to go away, but I didn't know where to go to. I, I knew only two people. So I left, I thought come and stay in Oslo for a, for a weekend. And that weekend I met someone who sat me down without knowing me and told me, you look like a nice person, but it's, it looks like you don't like yourself. You need to be confident. You need to be proud of who you are. So he took me step by step by step. You know who you are on the inside. So if you do not believe it, Everything you do will not be right. No one will believe what you do until you believe in yourself. So the things that happened during the six months of the separation, they helped me to meet people who are open about it and I would admire but from a distance. But now I wanted to learn because when I started to study psychology, mm -hmm. still in the separation process, they helped me to know myself, what I want in life, what I want to be, and what I want to do for other people. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to Norwegian Newcomers and remind you that if you want to further support our podcast, we have a Patreon. There you will get every episode one week before everyone else and we will be able to continue with this project that we really love. You can find us at patreon.com slash Norwegian Newcomers or you can press the link in the episode description. Thank you very much. It really would mean a lot. Do you know or have among your friends any other gay people in Uganda? Yes, uh, I did and I avoided them. 
I avoided them so much, including my boyfriend. In that time. Mm. Yeah, because I was in church, I prayed and fasted and prayed and fasted. Even when I got here, even after I got married, because you've grown up in church, it's what you try to live. Even after getting married, I was still trying to pray or fast or think that it's a curse. I just got to accept myself like one and a half years ago. Did anyone from your family, do they know? I've never talked about it because I don't discuss my sexuality with anyone. But I find it so weird if someone is asking me about my sexuality. Then you're a path. <laughs> so no one has ever asked me. I've never talked about it. So with them, I'm Moses. They don't know anything about me in that area. Do they have any expectations that you will get married or, you know? I don't have anyone who should be having expectations about me because my dad died when I was very young, about 11. My mom died when I was in my second year at the university. So it's me and my sister and relatives because it takes a whole village to raise a child in, in Africa. But uh, I was kind of smart. I got a girlfriend and I got two kids. Yeah. So I have kids. That acted also as my backup because when you have children, if they find the two of you, the one with, with kids will, will be spared. The one without kids is the one who is gay because you have kids. So no one can ask me for anything. Do they know? Ah, they know because my kids they, are back home. Mm. In Uganda? Yeah. Yeah. And they know that you are gay? Or no, do you? I don't think they even know the, the word <laughs> because I also didn't know the word. <laughs> but the word gay because we don't use it. It means something completely different. <laughs> but 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 do you do you have any contact with with them? Yeah, yeah. Are they very 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 tight contact with them? And I got them when I was very young. Are you visiting Uganda? Have you been since you moved in? Norway? Yeah, I've I've been there once. I've been there once. I went to visit once. I've not gone back there because I'm not an asylum seeker. So I have my Ugandan passport here. I came here, my passport uh, got expired. I sent it to Denmark, it got lost. So I had to process a new passport from Uganda. It took one year to come. I got it on Friday, COVID lockdown on oh. Monday. So I've not been traveling anywhere for close to two years. So I started to see the difference between here and where I come from. I appreciate the level of integrity you find here in Norway. It is too, too much. You forget your wallet with money and the phone on the train and you go and find it there. Someone will get it and take it to the conductor. The conductor gets it and take it to Lost and Found and you go there and find it. Yeah, actually, I was surprised with that thing too, that if you lost, something mm. most probably you're gonna find mm. it you're gonna find it up to now when i think about that i humble myself okay this is how much i have to go because where i come from when you find something like that it's called a blessing it's your blessing if you report you're stupid and yeah people respect time it has taught me to respect time no matter what they do respect time in Africa, we have so much time, yet we also have 24 hours in a day. What I miss is happy people. People here, have, we have everything, 
but I think people down there are more happy than here. I don't know why. I think maybe it's because of the high standards of living and everyone being educated. Everyone knows their rights here. Like things people think that are not very important. Me, I appreciate those things because I grew up with almost nothing. So you're just saying hi to me. That level of hospitality, it would make me your best friend for life. So you just saying hi to me, it made me like you for life. <laughs> but everything has two sides. So the being too rich has two sides and being not too poor, having almost nothing also has two sides. Yeah, it has yeah. benefits and disadvantages. But uh, do you see yourself in the future here in Norway? A hundred percent. I don't see myself any other place. I've never thought about it. And people think that I'm lying by that. Because some people think that I don't have papers. But I have all the papers to stay nowhere. I can stay nowhere permanently. I don't see myself anywhere. I can be anywhere for a visit. I think this is the place. But uh, are you thinking of uh, visiting home? Yes, that I have in my head. But for me, home is here. You know, home is not a house. A house is a house. But yeah. it's up to you to make it a home. So my home is here. And I want to go to other countries, but I do not want to move to those countries. How you are dealing with the Norwegian winter? Many of my friends always asking me, oh, is it so cold? How you are dealing with the climate, with the weather? And Coldness has never been my problem. My problem is darkness. I come from a country where it's light 12 hours. At 5.45, there is light. Yeah. And I never appreciated the sun until winter came here. This experience is very, very weird. It's very beautiful for your eyes to see the seasons change. I was very excited. Ah, like, oh, snow. Ah, oh, plants, leaves fall off. Oh, they're growing up. I thought they would die. Like, it's very exciting, but you don't know what is happening to your brains. Because I mean, if I can remember, I started getting depressed from the first winter I was here. But I was very excited and busy with the changing and until I hit bottom down there. It's because I have an issue of dealing with myself, not accepting myself, that is giving me so much depression on its own. So I didn't know that the sun would go away. <laughs> I started to hate darkness. And then one time I went into that darkness and I stayed there. I don't have many people I call my friends here. In the whole of Norway, I have a few, but the few I have, I can't sell them for anything. Yeah, yeah. Do you find integration or assimilation in Norwegian society hard? Or I don't find it so hard as long as you you want to be here like me. You know, this is the this is the place where, where you want to be. You focus and integrate. However, that process has a problem that I realized that we people who come in here, we get integrated into the system. However, mm -hmm. the people who are here we're going to live with, they are not integrated into receiving us. I, I don't know what could be done <laughs> because in small places where we are sent to live, people don't know what to do with you. Do you think it's a matter of being better informed as a part of Norwegian society that we are bringing in, how to say? Yes, well, they, actually, they don't happen to bring in. They get to receive us. 
we don't know what our cultures are, the things we like, what we do. So they just see weird, crazy people going around. <laughs> because for them, they expect us to be like them. To play Norwegian with not being Norwegian, actually. But uh, in, you know, in future, like long term, I think something will be done because now we have people from different parts of the world yeah. with children going to the same schools. So the next generation will be way different from this because they've grown up together. So the, the society will be different. But as a short term solution, I don't know. <laughs> we just have to persevere. Uh, Moses, I really appreciate that you shared with us your story. And I hope someone will make the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Yeah, the movie also confuses me sometimes. Concerning myself, how did you, how did I go through this? How am I still here? Like, I'm glad seeing and hearing you that even when it's hard, that you are learning and becoming stronger. Yeah, I really appreciate this. Thank and I hope you. my story... Help someone out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I hope you enjoyed the way I enjoyed hearing Moses' story. This was really interesting and inspiring. See you next week. <laughs> bye bye. This episode was made possible with support from Bergis and Steve Telson and our members on Patreon. If you would like to support our podcast, search for Norwegian Newcomers on Patreon, Facebook or Instagram. We are back next Tuesday. Thank you for listening and take care.